0: This is the Complete Shooter Podcast with your hosts, Jesse Armistead, and the founder of Complete Shooter himself, Kirk Miles. Complete Shooter is dedicated to helping young players reach the next level and achieve all of their basketball dreams. So if you want to know what it takes to be a great player at the high school, college, and professional level, you are in the right place. Welcome back, everybody. We are back with our Complete Shooter Podcast after a week off but we are back with some good things to talk about today. Kirk and I are here again, and we are talking about styles of offense and how you as an individual player can work within those styles of offenses. And so, again, we've talked about it a couple times, but Kirk, you've been around longer, so you've seen kind of when new offenses come in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what, are, what are some of those times that you've noticed where like a brand new offense is done that nobody had seen before? What are some examples of those that you've seen?
1: Well, I can go back to when uh, when I played. Wh- when I played, it was it, the offenses were always run A to B to C to D, A to B to C to D. And so, you know, they were just really, you could say, methodical. Um, and those kind of offenses are just, so easy to scout yeah and so when they would come in and scout a team and they would identify their flow of their offense from a to b to c to d whatever then it was very easy for coaches to put in defenses to shut those offenses down right and that's how we always played you know it was it was those those kind of offenses and um, then when I started coaching, it was just, um, you know, like I'll, I'll give you an example of an offense that was probably used a lot. And you may even run some of it when you were younger, but the flex offense is a perfect example of A to B to C yeah. and D, right? And it has some nuances to it that makes it so that if you, if you run it, Correctly, it's still a little bit more difficult to scout and stop, but it still is an A to B to C to D offense. And um, so then uh, when I started coaching, I put the flex offense in, and then I got scouted. This is when I was coaching high school. And then I got scouted, and all of a sudden, we couldn't get any flow. Yeah, we couldn't get – we couldn't score. You know, they, they'd overplay every spot that we needed to get the ball to. They'd overplay yeah. it, And the flex offense is so packed in that it, that it didn't open up the middle. And so it was hard to do back doors or anything yeah. else. So I used to go to um, every year uh, I would go down to Vegas and they had a Nike camp down there. And the Nike camp, and, and I'm, I'm sure they still do it. I just haven't been to it for a, a long time. But they've done it for years. And so what Nike does is they go out and they, they get all the headliner coaches to come right. in. I mean, all of them. I saw all the coaches. Every coach that, is, that, is, that has any, uh, Ar- uh, that has any popularity or any success yeah. would come in there, right? And then what they would do is they would bring in they'd bring in like uh, 10 to 12 college players and they'd take and they would they would uh, uh, take those big ballrooms and they'd put a they'd put a basketball court in there and then they'd put they'd bring bleachers in yeah and so you'd go this coach's clinic and they'd have it all lined out who was speaking who was doing what and so maybe coach k uh is well known for man offense. Right. So coach K would take half hour 45 minutes and talk about principles of defense and then he'd not just talk about it, he'd show it. Another coach might do out of bounds plays. Yeah. Another coach would do motion offenses, all that kind of stuff, right? So yeah. so I really enjoyed going going to that. Uh in fact, I got coach K to 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 sign one of his books, right? And I knew he was coming. This is, I'll just give you a little quick story here. (laughs) I knew he was coming to speak next, so I made sure I was going to be in there uh, because he's been my favorite coach ever. And so um, I thought to myself, you know what? I think I could get him to sign his book. And uh, I thought, okay, he's probably staying here, he's probably going to be coming down this hallway. So, you know, I, I, I kind of, uh, uh, what do you call Kinda it? Kind of stalked him a stalked little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the word I was thinking of. I definitely stalked him. So I went and I, I got in that hallway and I just waited. And sure enough, he come walking down wow. that hallway and I just said, hey, Coach K, you're one of my heroes. I've been following you since 1988. Would you sign your book for me? So he did. Nice. And he was really gracious, really, really, really nice. That's but, cool. but anyway, so going down there, so I went down there, and I was, like I said, being a high school coach. And the main reason I went down the first year was I knew I had to change my offenses, right? And so there were quite a few offenses that were being shown down there, but the one that was being shown the most was the five out. And... The thing that I like the very most about the five out, you know, you got two people in the corner, two people on the wings, and somebody on the point outside the three-point line. Everybody's outside the three-point line. And it has a simple principle. If you pass down, you cut to the opposite corner. If you pass from the corner of the wing up, so you're passing up, you stay in the same corner. So that's really the right. only principle that it has. If you pass down, you cut to the opposite you, you cut to the basket and go to the opposite corner. If you passed up from the corner of the wing to the point, then you would stay in the same corner. Yeah. Right. You'd still cut to the basket, but you'd end up back in uh, on the same side. So so I just that the simplicity of that just really grabbed me. And then you're looking for dribble drive. You're looking for dribble drives to the hole, so layups. Yeah. Uh, you got it. You got it spread out. So if you've got a kid that's really good at attacking, gives them room to attack. Yeah. Uh, you also are looking for give and goes, and you're also looking for back doors. Yes. and that's pretty much, yeah, that's pretty much the offense. So simple and impossible to scout. Right. Because you're teaching the kids to read and react. Read the defense and react. So for a backdoor, all we would teach the kids is all you have to do is watch the defender's head on a swivel. And as soon as that defender just looks away, that's your, that's your key. You're reading and reacting. So watch the defender on the weak side. And so that defender's on the weak side he's turning and looking as soon as his head's on a swivel and he turns you go back door right um, so we it was just the simplicity of it I loved and so I started uh, having my high school team run five out and uh and we had a tremendous amount of success of course it's a man offense yeah. And so we had a tremendous amount of success with that. Um, and then um, I took that and even took that offense into when I started third-grade teams. I taught third-graders that offense. And it's just so simple, but yet it has so much. Right. So, so you know, then they came out with the, the one-in, four-out. So they some people call it right. 41. Yeah. Or um, you know, and then they've got the spread with now the, the, uh, you know, uh, the screen and roll, right. Yeah. With spread in the corners yeah. and, you know, so there's a lot of variations that have come out of that five out, but that was the biggest change that I'd ever seen made in basketball when it went from coaches teaching ABC yeah. to D to then going to a motion like a five out. And then you saw lots of, that going on yeah right so that was a that was a major change and that that was probably in the in the late 90s you know like 95 96 97 when 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 that was going on and happening when that when that big change happened yeah that was the biggest thing that I ever saw with a change in basketball or an offense
0: gotcha right so so um in my mind that is kind of it's possible because coaches were able to start trusting their players more to make those decisions, right? Basketball had been around long enough that they're starting to understand when to do what, mm-hmm. right? Is that right? Yeah. Like yeah. it was kind of, you, they have played longer. They know how to understand how, like how to make those reads, right? So you can kind of trust them. Yeah. It's kind of like you're given that there's more chance for mistakes because they don't know exactly what to do. Yeah. But, there's also obviously a greater opportunity to to score and play play better.
1: Yeah, I think some I think I think it was a hard thing for a lot of coaches to adjust to because they lost some control. Yeah. And as you know, most coaches, not so much today, but still a little bit, are some coaches are real control freaks. Yeah. Right? And you got a short leash. And if you do anything outside of that, then you're using it on the bench, where this kind of offense it's read and react. So it's it, it is you have to your coach has to trust you a little bit more. But and you have to you have to teach. If you teach the correct principles of the offense, right. and you work on them and you do breakdown drills, like we do, all kinds of. Uh, give-and-go drills. Yeah. Do drills, we would do backdoor drills, we would do dribble-drive drills, you know, all that kind of stuff in practice and break down the offense. And then we'd put the whole offense together with yeah. offense and defense. You know, but we did that every practice. So you're, you're teaching you're teaching those principles, and if you teach those principles correctly, then you can let your players govern themselves, yeah. right? And that's yeah. really the key is correct principles. And so um, uh, that's kind of how I went from what I was doing to being changed to something totally new. But I just loved that change. And there's form of that offense still
0: being played today. Yeah, for sure. For I sure. don't know, in high school, what kind of offenses did you run? So that's, that's the interesting thing, and I d- we're going to get into this, but my junior year was completely different from my senior year. And so it kind of also depends on the personnel, right? Mm-hmm. If you have a coach that's willing to change and, you know, some coaches are just like, no, this is what we're going to do no matter who we have. Yeah, they right. don't
1: adapt their offense yeah. to, their, to their to their skill level. Yeah,
0: yeah. but um, we'll get into that a little bit later. I was going to bring that up. Okay. Um, but let's go into, so I wanted to talk about, like, go through the different levels. So what kind of offenses, you said you started teaching your third graders that five out Mm -hmm. offense. What do you see the most as far as offenses for that third grade and like really young level up to kind of junior high-ish age? Like what what uh, do you see and what do you think is the best option?
1: The thing that I see most is that most teams that are like third, fourth, fifth, maybe into sixth grade, Probably 80% of what you run into is zones because it's hard for coaches to teach young kids those principles that they, those defensive principles that they need to, uh, and it just leaves them with too many holes. They might have one or two that's good, but you know the saying, you're only as strong as your weakest link. Well, if you got two players that are weak, then they're going to get exposed. So what I see with uh, younger ages, most of the time, probably eighty percent of the time, is I see zone defenses, and it's harder for kids to at those young ages to shoot threes right. and to be good from the outside and those kind of things. Okay. So they kind of they kind that way they're kind of going with the percentages, yeah. right? Because they're going to have a low percentage shooting if they're in a zone. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like it, until kids got in the sixth grade almost every time i coached young teams it was it was zone mm-hmm. zone defense It kind of bugs so, me
0: <laughs> as a s- skill trainer and shooting coach yeah because i'm like that's not the best way for the kids to learn yeah and like full court press like i hate seeing that before like eighth grade i'm just like i don't want to see like i don't want the kids to have turnovers the whole time right yeah it's anyways Side note. <laughs> no, that's, that's very true. And, and so, you know,
1: you just uh, – I always had to just have uh, different kind of offenses. And mostly what I did with kids is taught them the principle of if they've got a one-guard front, then we've got a two-guard front. So if they're in a 1-2-2 two, two, or a 1-3-1 right. defense, then we're going to run a 2-1-2. Two, We're going to split that guy at the top so so that way we can we can shoot the gaps easier uh it's easier to get passes made uh, especially with younger kids so if they were in a 2-1-2 which you saw a lot of 2-1-2s then we'd run a 1-3-1 because they had a two guard front so we'd run a one guard front if they had a one guard front we'd run a two guard front and so you just teach the kids to recognize what they're in, what kind of zone they're in, and then you would you would uh, call out. You know, I, I just had simple things like our two one two offense was called. I called it twenty one because we had two at the top right. and one at the high post. So we just called it twenty one, right? And the other two are in the corner yeah. or close to the corner. Uh, if they were in a if they were in a two one two you know, we're going to go to, a, to we'd call it 13. So I just made it simple like that for the kids so yeah. that they could identify, is it a one-guard front? Is it a two-guard front? If it's two two-guard front, we're in 13. If it's a one-guard front, we're in 21, right? So that we're attacking that, that defense properly. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing with young kids is getting them to recognize what they're going up against, not just be maniacs and dribble and do stupid things they've got it they got to recognize what's going on on the floor
0: right
1: so that's that's kind of how what i'd run into basically from third grade to sixth grade and then in sixth right. grade you'd see kids starting to starting to play uh really good man and it's so annoying uh when i was coaching a lot is that I hated the kind of defenses that they used to play, where they allow you to put hands on the offensive player. You could put your elbow yeah. into them. You could, you could really kind of grab them. And they they had defense had a lot of freedom. Right. And they did in the NBA too. You know, back in Michael Jordan's time, yeah. the type of offenses that the defenses they ran right. into it was muggings. Right.
0: They got yeah. mugged. Bad right? boy Pistons.
1: Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And now it's more offensive friendly, Yeah. right? They've changed the, the whole process of defense and what a defender can do. But but then when you got in the sixth grade, then you had to really have mostly uh, good man offenses. And then, you know, the kids that I coached were already go- really good at zone offenses because yeah. that's all we played for pretty much three right. years. So now it was just teaching them principles of – And so once I got in sixth grade, you know, I played that five out. Gotcha. Whenever they're in man, I played five out because it's unscoutable. Right. Right. So so I just uh, and I just believe in keeping it simple. Yeah. The kiss principle. Keep it simple. Stupid. Right. Just keep it simple. And and so kids don't have to do a lot of thinking. And we've talked about this before. When you have to do a lot of thinking, you're dead in the water. So yeah. so you just want to be able to keep it keep it simple. Yeah. And I would c- say out of the 3000 games that that I've coached, we I would say my coaching winning percentage was 80% percent or higher, you know, That's 80 to 85%. And it was just because we had these truths, these principles yeah. that we believed in and then we were really strong in teaching those things to the kids. Yeah. And and then just watching kids just being able to just go, yeah. right? That is
0: just so fun. For sure. So fun. So as a player, right, you're thinking, okay, we're going to run – I mean, I don't know, if third through sixth graders are really thinking about it outside of the game, right? But um, you're thinking, okay, we're going to run this offense, this five-out offense. I want to work on my own, right, when I don't have my teammates with me, just my individual workouts. What skills should they be working on to be successful in that five-out offense?
1: Yeah, the the main thing is being able to um, attack the basket because that offense is all set up to keep the middle clean, yep. and that's what they refer to it as the middle's clean. So that means nobody goes in there and stops. You travel through the middle, right. but you don't ever stop unless – we identified a uh, uh, we identified an advantage yeah. where one player was guarding another player that had a height advantage. Then we we'd shoot him in there and then post them up. Yeah, right. But that's the only time that we'd ever kind of call that as if we uh, if we had that. And you know, the thing that was fun about that offense, Jesse, is that I would look for advantages i would look for who was guarding who and who had who who could attack the basket yeah based on the kid that they were guarding and who was good at at uh, making that initial first move and getting by their by their defender and getting to the hole and then i would call out i would call out a number and you know the, all the kids yeah. are one, a one a two a three a four a five right So if they had an advantage, I'd call out, I'd call out, I'd call out four, right? I'd call out, we called our five out, we called it 50. So I'd call a 54. Well, that meant the number four player was going to isolate, isolate. was going to ISO his player because we had an advantage. Or if I called 51 or 52 or 50, whatever, we just kept it simple like that. But if I called that, then once that guy, once 55 touched the ball, on in that offense, in that motion offense, once he touched the ball, he was the one that was going to the hole. Yeah. So I would sometimes do that if we had an advantage. And I always looked for if we had, like, a kid that was a little bit slower yeah, or whatever that we could take advantage of, and then I'd do that, and boom, we'd, we'd score and score and score. Then they'd take that kid out, and then I'd have to try to find another yeah. spot where we could take advantage of. But dribble, drive, attack in the basket – is probably, in that offense, a uh, really important yeah. skill set to have. right? Sure. Th- you're going to score a ton, plus you're going to get to the foul line a ton. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you just swing the ball around the outside, it's not going to do much. Nope. Right. So, yeah, that's really important there. Um, so let's move up to kind of that high school age. So what offenses are you seeing right now?
1: I see a lot. I see mostly motion offenses, where it might be a 4-1. It, it might be a motion that includes a, a, a screen and roll yeah. or something like that if they've, got, if, they've got, if they've got some bigs that are really good at finishing around the basket and they spread the, they spread the offense out and then run a screen and roll off of it. The NBA does a lot of that. Yeah. You know, you look at the NBA, it does a ton of screen and roll when they see they have they have an advantage and you know you look at Carl and you look at Carl and John oh yeah everybody knew they were going to do the screen and roll yep. everybody knew it and they still pulled it off yeah every time right it was just amazing to watch right so if that's done in the right way and you got right you know then you can you can kind of iso a couple guys and have them take advantage of that but i see mostly all the way up to the pros
0: now, motion-type offenses. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, <coughs> yeah, so when I was in high school my junior year, um, we had – we were not the greatest shooting team. We had a couple of big dudes that were really, really good, though. Um, we had a six eight kid. Another kid that was our quarterback was six five six six, Really, really solid, like – we threw it into him in the post he was scoring 80-90% of the time that are getting free throws and so everything we did was around that but it was not the greatest scoring option right So we only averaged I think 42 points a game um, which when I was playing was not very much right so we averaged 42 points a game but our defense held them to 40 points a game so that's why we were successful right yeah um, but it was totally different and it was just because of the guys that we had that our coach did that, right? Coach Sims, who just won a state championship, yep. Um, and so that was what we did. And then the very next year, we lost our big guys, and so our starting center was six three, six four, maybe six five. So you had to play small ball. So we played small, and we I think we ended up averaging sixty five points a game. Um, we had a couple games where he had 15 threes, but the whole offensive philosophy was just different. It was different. Right. And that, so that's
1: yeah. a credit to Coach Sims because, oh yeah. you know, some coaches won't take what they have. They run the same offense no matter what. Yeah. But that's the good thing about him is that he identified his strengths and let's really exploit our strengths, right? Yeah. And so that that's a good example of, of two different kinds of – you know, when I was coaching at Roy High, I had a 6-5 girl and a 6-3 girl. They were called the Twin Towers. And so teams in high school would would a lot of them would try to play us man. And yeah. if they tried to play us man, we I'd you just do a high hit. low. Yeah. And put the 6-3 girl at the hi- at the high post and the big girl down. And they had to they had to bring people in from the wings. To try to, to try to defend the six five girl, she ended yeah. up playing at Weber State. Great player, Crystal Howe. Great player, and but we just exploited that, yeah. you know. And and they were they were so good at that. So, uh, but the next year, we didn't have that kind of height, so yeah. we had to adjust to more of a five out motion type offense. Right. So yeah, I can I can relate to that.
0: And I think where kids are being developed these days and becoming more of three-point shooters even big guys are have more guard skills that's why we're starting to see more and more emotion offense without necessarily although the post throw it in post move you know stuff like that yeah. um and so coaches are starting to design their offense around who the kids are their right? personnel yep. yeah yeah
1: which did you have more fun what did you have more fun doing uh the, when you were a junior, or when you were a senior? Definitely a senior. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had, we had a lot of shooters, and I was a point guard, so I got to, I racked up assists like crazy. And yeah. A lot of them were not. It was, it was kind of like John Stockton, Carl Malone. You know, Stockton had some great assists, but some of them were just give it to Carl and let him yeah. do it. So yeah. <laughs> similar yeah. to that, but it was, it was a lot of fun. It was kind of always my style to go quick. Um, Junior year, we were, like, really slow, like, pull back, run the offense, get it in. Senior year, was just get the ball down and go, right, which is, I think, most players enjoy more, um, except for those big guys that don't want to run as much, but.
1: Yeah, my favorite kind of offense is hurry up and shoot it before you'd have a turnover. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That's my favorite kind of offense. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, and we we had a kid, uh, um, Jake Bigler. That was just money, and he would like as soon yeah, as I he remember got it, him, yeah, as soon as he got it, he would launch it, and he was yeah, like an incredible shooter. Him. so a lot of fun to play, kind of in that system,
1: in fact, I think Jake played some a u ball with him, probably, yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, so did
1: he have a down syndrome brother,
0: no, no, that was Preston, oh, that was Preston, yeah, it's Preston like was kind of our main guy, he was our drive and score guy, yeah. Yeah, he so. played right. Uh, he played with Preston. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was a it was a good squad, fun to play with. Um. Anyways, but again, these offenses kind of are adapting again to who the players are, right? And I think the NBA, you're starting to. I feel like it's getting to the point where coach, coaches are important, but the players are so important because they have to be able to just play. Yeah, right? it doesn't matter what offense you have. If your players can't play yeah then you're in trouble yeah right and so as we start to get older that becomes more and more important right so like junior high high school I feel like a lot of kids are still maybe unsure of reads and what to do and so they have some security in those offenses where it's okay this is what I do I have some steps to take right and just as they get better and better at that then you start giving them more freedom and it starts working
1: yeah, getting getting kids to to uh, to read the defense and then react, read and react kind of offenses. It's a little bit slower to get kids being able to do that. Yeah. Uh, but if you if you make a commitment to it, and you make a commitment to that kind of an offense, and then you you do breakdown drills that are that are encompassed in yeah. that offense and get kids understanding reading and reacting and uh, then once they get it it's like a light bulb goes on yeah and they really identify watching the defender and seeing what he's doing i mean even even little drills like a, defi- a defender comes out on you and he's got his left front his left foot in front of his right foot yeah. And it, st- it stuck out a little further than maybe what it should be. Well, we would teach the kids to attack that left foot. Because now for him to be able to beat you, he's got to take that left right. foot all the way back, yep. right? And so we teach little teeny things like that in read and react so they knew what side to attack, right? Yeah. The defender's going to tell you which side to attack without him knowing he's doing yeah. it. And so if you identify these things with uh, with uh, defenders and what they do and then get kids to recognize those things, and you get that in practice where they're recognizing yeah. that, then, you know, it was always slower. It was always slower to get kids flowing with it. But once they got it,
0: oh yeah, it was like
1: the funnest thing yeah. in the world.
0: Yeah. And so, I mean, I think we could keep going – through college and talk about the offenses there and the NBA, the offenses there. But in the end, it really just me is about can you read the defense, yep. right? Can the players read the defense, yep. right? doesn't matter how much the coach can strategize. yep. If you don't have players that can read and react, then any offense is going to struggle.
1: That's exactly right. Because, you know, any other offense is going to be really scoutable. And so if you're able to read and react, that's not scoutable, yeah. right? It's it's not scoutable. You can't, like I, I, I had this. Uh, I was talking to some parents the other day, and they said that one of the one of the best teams, girls teams in the state, I won't mention the name, but the best school, one of the best school, one of the best schools in the state. Yeah. Um, just before they went to state, the coaches threw in all new offenses because they knew that people were going to be getting film right, and watching the what steps. they'd been doing all year and then be able to plan for them. So the coaches were like, and oh. when I took teams to state, I did this when I first right. was coaching. I changed up everything. And then I found out that that's probably um, the stupidest thing you could do. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. now kids have to think. Right. And now, once they think they're a foot slower, now the defense yeah. got the advantage, right? So just really, really silly to do that. But I've heard, I've heard teams in the state of Utah, their coaches have done that. And then they just, and they don't do well at state. Yeah. And that's the reason they don't is because they should stick with those kind of offenses that are unscoutable. And then it doesn't matter if they've watched your game film. Right? And you're always going to have some sets that you run right. where you've got a score right. or you've got this. Or you got yeah. you got yeah. some sets that you're going to have to run. But, but if you run mostly motion-type stuff, read and react stuff, I just – and, and you know what? It's so much funner to play basketball that oh, way. Yeah. Not just coach basketball, but play basketball yeah. that way. So, you know, I, I just uh, – uh, as I watched that whole thing happen, you know, because I'm 64, so I saw what I did as growing up and what my dad had me do when he coached and my young coaches and my high school coaches and and what, what we did and then how that slowly started to yeah. change, you know. And then, boom, where it is today. It makes the game so much more fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, you know that uh, in my high school team we had – We had 6'8, 6'6, 6'5. And then I was 6'3. And I played the two guard. And then our point guard was 5'10. We were big. Yeah. No three point line. So it was all about get the ball into the 6'8, get the ball into the 6'6. And you'd throw it into that black hole, hardly ever (laughs) get it back. Yeah. Right? On occasion, if they double teamed, then. You know, a coach would get out if they didn't kick it back out and you'd get a 15-foot yeah. shot. You would never take a 22-foot shot or a 21-foot shot where the three-point line yeah. is. That was just not heard <laughs> of, right? And so it was just a different game. And so yeah. it was just slow and methodical. And, and now it's it used to be a big man's game. Now it's a guard-oriented game. Yep. It really is. It's a guard-oriented game, which is which is so fun. And you see... Nowadays, you see 6'8", 6'10", guys that are playing guard. Oh, yeah. That are attacking the basket like a guard. Yep. Right? So those skills are so critical no matter what age. Yeah. So, you know, being in a good training program that helps you learn those skills, that's a key.
0: Yeah. Key to success. So let's go into that about how we can kind of train this because I think – we've talked about kind of with AAU stuff before, right? The idea is, okay, I want to learn how to play on this offense, so I have to play this offense, so I'm going to play more games, right? Five-on-five five games. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which kids are crazy nowadays. I was, I had a couple of kids play over 20 games last week. Oh, they are in, in, the in that tournament. Yeah, they are right. in the tournament playing yeah. a couple different levels, so it was yeah. like 20 games, yeah. which totally blows my mind, but – makes my body hurt just thinking about it.
1: That's how many games I'd maybe play in a season. Yeah. And they played it in one weekend. So,
0: um, anyways, but the idea is like, well, I'm going to play on this offense a lot and figure out these reads, and I'm going to play games and games and games to figure it out. Um, But that's not necessarily the best way to do it, which is what we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. But how can we kind of isolate those principles that we need for that offense and put them into our training individually? like Because ha- most kids don't understand how to do that, right? And parents don't understand. They understand what they need to be able to do, but they don't know how to train it. So how do yeah. how can they do that? Yeah. So,
1: so read and react is um, a kind of thing where you have to have uh, offense and a defense. You know, you have to have a defender and have an offensive player be able to make that initial move. Yeah. To get by their player, and then be able to have in your in your in your skill level uh, to be able to attack that secondary defender. So you got your primary defender. You got to be able to get by your primary defender. So to do that, you got to be able to you know you got to be able to have some ball skills. Yeah. And you got to be shifty, right? And uh, uh, you know a a good um, a good uh, change of pace. Is really difficult to guard. Yeah. So having a good change of pace, uh, having a primary move, what you do with the ball, so you can get by your player. Those are things that those are things that we can that we can teach, and kids can put into their their deal. And then the important thing is is getting kids to take what they learn with us, and then take it into the game. Yeah. So what I would do with my own personal kids as we as they were growing up. Is is each week I would pick something that I wanted them to do that would help them to expand yeah. their skills, right? So you know it's hard for kids to attack the basket. You know a lot of kids aren't a lot of kids aren't aggressive. Yeah. Right. And they're more maybe timid.
0: Right. They don't want those kids. Yeah.
1: Those kids are not going to attack the basket. But. If you can get those kids to overcome that, and I'd say, I'd say to my own kids or kids that I were training that I'd go watch their games, I'd say, look, I want you to attack the basket all the way to the hole at least four times this game. Yep. You know, once a quarter. That's what I want you to do, once a quarter. And then I'd hold them to it. I'd hold them accountable to me to do that, right? Yep. And so maybe they didn't do that the first week. Maybe they only did it twice. So the next week, I'd stick with it until they did it four times. And after doing that a little bit of time, then all of a sudden the kids start to figure it out. And they figure out how to attack and when to take an advantage and uh, what moves work, you know, against most defending players. and, And then it becomes part of their game. Yeah. And I just think that that's uh, – when I talk to parents, that's one of the things I stress to parents is let's get this kid doing this in a game. Yeah. Let's get him taking what he's learning here because we're teaching this. Let's get him to do it in a game. And once he does it in a game, now it's going to be part of his, his, his whole system without having to think about it. Yeah. And that's what we want to get kids to, right? So they yeah. don't have to think about the moves. They just read and react, yep. right? But so many kids hug that three-point line nowadays. Yeah. You know, and they just, you know, as, as most kids are coming up, they're, they're, they're known as against with all the kids they play with or the kids they play against. They're already known as a shooter or they're known as a kid that attacks a basket. Right. Right. And you don't have usually the same kid doing both. So getting kids to be able to do both is a big key so any parents that's listened to this then i would take that approach of identifying and they can just do it within the offense yeah. right like i'd tell them you know of course uh, most of my kids are playing for me right. and so i just say just do it in the f- the form of the offense yeah. you know when you when you when you receive that ball in five out if you've got that if you got that defender leaning one way or he's out of position Attack the opposite direction and, and go to the hole. Yeah. But read that defender, right okay. And start learning to do that and force yourself to do that. And so uh, I think that as parents get their kids doing those little things like that, then the kids now, their game is becoming they're becoming multi-dimensional right. instead of being one dimensional, which yeah. we talk about all the time, that that's the problem in high school is most kids are one-dimensional. Yeah. They have that one go-to move, right? And they've worked on it so much, they're good at it. Yeah. But that's all they are.
0: Yeah. Right? I feel like it's important for the kids to understand that it's okay to mess up when they do that, right? Like, we want you to drive to the hole four times. We're not expecting you to make all of them, right? If you don't – if you miss all of them, it's not a failure because you got to the basket, right? And so it's kind of a –
1: well, and you can, yeah. as watching that, Jesse, you can watch the kids' eyes as they attack the basket and their heads. And as they attack the basket, they're putting more focus on the defense. Where's the defense? You know, all, yeah. all that. They're looking at the defense. And then yeah. when they get ready to shoot, they get in close enough to shoot, they're not focused on right. a spot, right? So the second thing that I would teach kids is when you attack the basket, and if you attack it on the right side of the basket— when you attack, you take your head and you look up and you pick that top corner yep. of that square, and that's what you look at, yep. that top corner of that square. So you're getting the ball up high enough, giving it a chance to go in. So it's one thing to get kids where they feel good about attacking the basket, right. but then it's getting kids to finish yep. at the basket, right? And that's a, that's a big thing. And the only way you can do that and get good at that is by doing it. By doing it. Is yep. by doing it, and uh, uh, so I just think forcing kids to do those things that they naturally won't do in a game. Yeah. And as a parent, you know what your kid you you know more than anybody else what your kid's weaknesses are. Yeah. You know, if you know anything at all about the game, you know what their weaknesses are. And so we got to turn their weaknesses into strengths. And so by doing that and working with your kids on a on a weekly basis. Then, by the end of a season, guess what you've done? Right. You know, maybe a kid, all he likes to do is go to the hole. Look, I want you, if that defender's playing off you, I want you taking four threes today. Yeah. you got to start putting up threes. If, that def- if you don't, and you don't become a threat at doing that, now the defender's going to lay right off of yeah. you, not even guard you. And why should he? Right. Why should he, right? So, So it's just helping kids become you know, that multi-dimensional, so that you can score. You got that ball, you can score anyway, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's such, think, a, that's such a big key. Yeah,
0: and some people are kind of born naturally with that ability to just go straight from like, okay, I practiced this with no defense, nobody was there, right, and then being able to do it in the game, right? Some kids aren't born with that. Some kids really struggle with the confidence to do stuff like that. And so there are ways to help them get to that right we talked about setting those goals right Mm -hmm. just do it a couple times a game right Um, and when we're training we can do that as well where it's like so today I was training a couple kids and I was running them through some drills no defense just catch and shoot and catch and drive stuff Mm -hmm. and we went through it and then at the end there were two brothers and they're close enough in age that they could play against each other so I was like have you played one do you play one-on-one ever and they're like oh yeah all the time Right. So so how could you turn these drills into one on one, right? And so and they're like, um, I don't know, right? And so I explained, like, if you do this, right, where you have them come off the screen, defender throws them the ball and then they you're just playing right there, but they've come off the screen and you're in the exact situation we just worked on. Right? Then you can work on that stuff in a live situation. Yeah. Right? Where there's no score, you're not worried about losing the game you still have that same kind of intensity and read and react that you have to do. Yeah. But it's that isolated situation, yep. right? Yep. And so same stuff, like I think you mentioned earlier with your teams, you would teach them like isolate certain principles and do mm-hmm. drills for that, right? Yep. So like you'd work on back cuts, right? Yep. And have them do a back cut and then they would have to finish or pass or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so we can isolate those principles in that read and react situation. Yeah and help build kids confidence and then when it's 5 on 5 they're like, "Okay, I've already done this by myself. I've done it in a 1 on 1, 2 on 2 situation. I can do this, right?" Yeah. So
1: it's the it's the magic of getting kids in the from the conscious to the unconscious. Yep. Right? So they don't have to think about it. And sometimes, we've talked about this in the past, a kid will make a move, and then he'll say to himself, where did that come from?
0: Yep. Right? I had that happen to me. You had that happen to I, you. I had that. I was playing some two-on-two two last night, and that happened a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> I did a move. I was like, I didn't even know that was a move. <laughs> but I did it, and it was kind of fun. Yeah, and you're kind of like, wow,
1: I did that. Yeah. And, and so it, that's the that's the key to get to that point where, you just trust your abilities. You just trust yourself that, that, that your mind's going to help the body. Yeah. You know? But it's getting those things do, that you've done repetitiously, yep. repetitiously, repetitiously, that now in a game you don't have to think about it. Yep. And that's why those coaches that get kids to change everything they do and all their offenses and everything else and think that they're going to go win a state tournament, it ain't happening. Because those kids are having to think they're having to be conscious instead of unconscious. And so it's just a key to be able to to get kids to do that. And so our whole system is getting kids to come do a workout with us then send them home to practice. And so those principles and those things that they practice with us, that next, that week, they're going to do that, practice that all week long, right? right, and pound it and pound it and pound it and then we've got several drills but we do a lot of the same stuff yep. month after month after month so that we can develop we can develop that that unconscious kind right. of thing so kids don't have to think about it they've now done those moves over and over right. and over you know and i think that's i think that's the best form of training there there's some trainers out there i call them gimmick trainers And that is every week they think they have to have something new, you know, to keep the kids' attention. Right. And so they'll come up with these gimmicks and things to do and, you know, something new and so it doesn't get boring. But the real key is doing the same thing, learning those principles and doing the same thing over and over and over so you can move from conscious to unconscious. Right. And so that's a big, big, that's a big point. Yeah.
0: And then, so hopefully while they're doing our training and practicing those things, they have a couple games a week where they can try it. Yeah,
1: put it into use. Yeah. Because once you put it in use, and every time you you put it into use, the thing that I love about it, every time you put it into use, uh, a new move you're going to do and you put it into use, you make a deposit into your confidence bank. That's a good way to put it. Right. You make a deposit into your confidence bank. And so your confidence is starting to soar yeah. piece by piece, piece by piece. Until you get to the point, you step on the floor. You step on the floor, you know nobody can stop you. Yep. Right. And that is when you're a superstar. Right? But it was built by making those deposits into you know, into your into your, your confidence your confidence bank. Yep. So you could build that up because that's that's the reason kids do things that they do they do this all the time because they're confident with it they don't do these things because they're not confident with it so confidence is everything so getting kids to build that confidence and make those deposits is a big deal
0: yeah absolutely so we kind of went off real as far as talking about styles of offenses but i think we got to the point underneath that yeah is that kids need to be able to read and react And then whatever offense they're put into, they'll be successful.
1: Yeah, it won't matter. Yeah. It won't matter because they've got the skills. And it just takes a lot of work, you know. Uh, uh, Kids aren't going to be successful unless they work hard. And we've talked a lot. I I mean, every time we have a podcast, we talk about hard work. And that's just the key to success is hard work. Away from your trainer not only working hard when you're with your trainer, but working hard away from your trainer. Yep. And that's how you're going to – your job with your trainer is to get, you know, the the, the, the skills, the principles, the things yep. down that you can be taught, and then your job is to go home and practice it right. on a daily basis, right? And if kids do that, it's just amazing what happens to kids in our program once they become juniors and seniors um, – then they're able to just, their confidence is just, yeah. it's just crazy. You know, Ethan Potter, I got him when he was an f- eighth grader. He played for me as an eighth grader and then he started coming to training and, and watching his um, evolution of confidence, you know, making those deposits year after year after year and how hard he worked away from me when I was training him, how hard he went and worked away from me. Uh, that's what made him Mr. Basketball, yep. right? Uh, of course, it didn't hurt that he grew and got to be six eight. You know, right. but he still had to put the work in. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a lot uh, of six eight kids that can't walk and yeah. chew gum at the same time. Yeah. Right. So it's going to take it takes a lot of work, yeah. but I just it's just so fun to be a part of that. And back to the offenses, if you've if you've worked on all of those things on a on a daily basis, and you're you're getting better and better and better, and you're making deposits into your confidence bank and all that kind of stuff, by the time you're a junior senior, you know you're going to reap the rewards right. in a big way. So, uh, and then any offense that's put in that your coach puts in, you can adapt to, yep. right? any offense you can adapt to it so so i I just think that's i just i just think that's the key and and as parents you know we got to be we got to be involved with parents so that we can tell parents and talk to parents and have parents communicate with us so that we can say okay this is what we've been working on so make sure in a game make sure your kid does these these two things in a game just tell him just do it twice do it four times you know, and then and then and then hold him accountable to that, and then let us know. You know, yeah. sometimes we'll be at the games and we'll be able to see that. And if you're telling the same thing that we're telling them, boom. Yeah. Now we're working together, and I think that's a big key with with our training and what we do is For working sure. close with the parents.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think anybody who works hard can have success, but if you have somebody who works hard with a good plan, which is where the trainers come in then that's when they really separate themselves. Absolutely. Reach that complete next level.
1: And then going back to offenses, it won't matter what offense yep. your coach puts in because you're so skilled. It yep. won't matter what defense yeah. the other coach puts in. And it in. won't matter what yep. defense. Exactly so. right. So yep. So that's what, we, that's, what that our, that's what our goal is and our desire is. And, and just seeing kids have those, those successes is like, and that you've been a part of that yep. in a small way. Um, you know we always tell kids it's a ninety ten relationship, ten percent yep. us, you know we have the expertise, and ninety percent you because you gotta go put the work yep. in, so we always tell kids that, and those kids that believe it and do it, it's amazing what happens to them, and then it's so fun to be a part of that,
0: yep, absolutely, so any last words on this? That's a great way to end, I think I think so I think yep. that
1: I think that sums it up,
0: yep, great way to end, so set those goals. Find those skills that you need, set the goals to do it in a game, and then just have fun with it. Yep. Right. Yep. Have exactly. Fun with it. So. Exactly. Um. Again, great discussion. Thanks, Kirk. Again, lots of years of training knowledge that a lot of people don't have. Right. Parents try their best, but some of them just haven't been around. You know, and players obviously haven't been around very long, so they need to learn. So. Um,
1: yeah, for most parents, it's yeah. their first radio Yep. Rodeo not (laughs) radio rodeo it's their first rodeo so you know they don't have a clue yeah you know i've not only trained my six personal kids but thousands of other kids coming through the system so it's kind of like um there's stuff in this six inches between my ears that as a company we can then help kids to really excel
0: so absolutely yeah absolutely so Really great stuff. Challenge everybody listening to take the stuff that we talked about and do it, right? If you don't believe us, do it and see what happens. Yep, exactly right. right. Um, You'll see that it works. So we'll leave that with you. Tune in next week. It's going to be another great one. Thanks. Okay, thanks.